Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I make this show for you, and I hope that you really enjoy it. I have a lot of people that ask me how they can support the show financially, and you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash preacherboys. You're going to get access to exclusive content, including early releases of episodes. I've got a couple episodes right now that have been released at least a month early over on Patreon. You've got access to things like unique merch, depending on what tier you join, and you get access to some behind-the-scenes content that I'm posting within the group. So head over to patreon.com slash preacherboys and become a member over there today. Every single supporter helps make this show a little bit more possible, especially as I continue to add additional episodes and content every single week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. Trigger warning. This podcast contains descriptions of various abusive situations. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to the Preacher Boys Podcast, a podcast shedding light on decades of mental, physical, and sexual abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. The testimonies shared on this podcast are told from the personal experience and perspective of the survivors. Not all legal outcomes are known or final. Any suspect is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. Now, here is your host, Eric Skwarzynski. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Preacher Boys podcast. Jackie, we are here for our first ever interview. We never <laughs> recorded one before. Oh, man. Yes, we are here. So, yeah, uh, the reason that we're talking is because we have a new podcast called Figuring It Out we that do. is coming out. Yeah. So, if you like the voices and the faces of the people you see right here, tune into that. Yes. But uh, <laughs> first, we grew up in kind of similar movements. We did. Um, Tell me a little bit about your kind of early childhood memories in the church. Like what were your earliest memories of being part of that world? My earliest memories. I feel like I have memories when we lived in Oregon. Um, so I was, we were, I was born in Roseburg, Oregon. So I don't remember anything prior to Pastor Cavanaugh's church would be my first memories. Going to Sunday school, you know, I love Sunday school. I remember going to um, the pastor's office afterwards and getting the gumballs was like the best part about church. <laughs> so that's what I remember about church. That's my earliest memories. Um, then we moved to uh, Sacramento when I was in um, going into kindergarten. So that's all of my, you know, honestly, my best memories. I love, yeah. I had all good memories growing up. I loved the church that I went to. We had um, a very small knit group of us, you know, we went to church with um, Pastor Nichols was a pastor there at the time, and my mom was a teacher in the school. So I grew up, I mean, we were always the first ones there and the last ones to leave, you know. So I have all these really good memories. I remember some of the best memories were um, the day before school would start. We'd always spend all day at the church the night before getting like the church read, the school ready, getting everything set up. I mean, there was only I think like our best year at Regency was like there was 30 kids K through 12. Like that was our Dang. best year yeah. at school. But honestly, they were all really good memories. I have really um, fond memories of how I grew up and the tight knit um, group that we had. Yeah, that, that, that's one of the things that I think doesn't, I mean, I don't, I don't think proves the authenticity of people saying they've had bad experiences, but yeah. it is one thing that I kind of like to make a point is that church for me for the first 17 years or 16 years was the best memories, yeah. you know, and it, there's not much I can point to. I mean, in retrospect, I can say oh, that probably wasn't bad or I shouldn't have enjoyed that the yeah. way that I did. Um, <laughs> That's fair. But I think it's always good to be fair and say like, okay, there's good memories yeah. mixed in with the bad. And it, 
kind of disproves, I think, the common thought, which is like, oh, this rebellious kid hated church, left church, and now is talking bad about yeah, church. Yeah, true. true. So, so, yeah, I mean, you see they're pretty positive early on. Um, what were some of the things, like, now looking back that you go, like, that wasn't so positive. Like, I, yeah. I probably just didn't realize that was happening. Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, honestly, for me, I feel like I have such a different um, perspective on looking back at that side of it because I was such a rule follower. I was such a, I, I don't, it's so funny because even like talking to someone like my sister or like Travis was, they were always talking about how like, you know, like the second, like they could try a drink of alcohol, like they wanted to, or like the yeah. second, like if I could do this, I was going to like, it's so funny. Like I was just such a rule follower that in like, even looking back at that, like I was such a people pleaser mm -hmm. that I honestly just felt like I thrived in that environment. Cause I was so wanting to just please people. And I, and I had the set of rules that I needed to please people. So like I, in a lot of senses, that was a great security for me. Like it was, I knew that if I, followed these certain set of rules and I followed the place that I was in the place that I needed to be at the time that I needed to be it, then I felt like a good person. And I felt like I didn't, there wasn't anything even looking back that I feel like I, I can so understand why so many people find safety in church and safety yeah. in the set of rules to where I, I really don't even know if there was anything that I look back on that. I mean, I, I feel, I feel almost guilty for that because I see so many people who had such bad experiences, but for me, I really didn't have those bad experiences. I really felt like I followed the rules when I was in them. I mean, obviously post college is when I felt like I started going through my kind of like seeing everything for that, that it was, but I still don't look back at anything where I was like, Oh, like they had like, you know, their reasoning why they were doing that. They were manipulating. Like I personally don't feel like I had any of those experiences. I still feel like those people genuinely love me and care about me. I don't yeah. feel like there was anything they were doing. That was the hard, only hard part for me now is that I know that they know, I know that they see the way I live my life now. And that disappoints them and that that sucks it does yeah. like it does because I think that they do so genuinely care about me and I wish that I could like get across them and I'm I, I'm not a bad person I'm okay yeah that yeah. I'm okay I'm not a bad person and it's not that I don't want you to feel like you have to love me any less or pray for me so much more and I know it's only because they genuinely care mm -hmm. about me but like that's the only part that I feel like I struggle with now is like I know I'm the topic of those conversations like I know that they're praying that I come back to and I and I used to be such a good kid and I mm -hmm. you know I had so much potential and like that's the only part that I struggle with is I wish that they would just still love me at where I was at. And that that's yeah. the only part that I struggle with. But I don't think there's anything that I look back on that I'm like, oh, like, you know, they shouldn't have been doing that. Like, I feel like, like I had a good childhood. Like everything wasn't perfect, but I feel like I look back on it all very well. No, that's one of the things too. And, and we're super similar, which is kind of why I'm interested in starting this podcast because yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's going to come out more and more. I was, I wouldn't say I was a rule follower in the sense of, you know, I just unquestioning, you know, yes, I'll do, 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 you know, yeah. but for me, it was always asking like, why? And if I got a satisfactory, why then I would do it? No, yeah. you know, no I didn't further even ask questions why. asked. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I was okay with not knowing why. Yeah. Like for me, that was just constant, you know, I'm going to keep going, going, going. Um, but yeah, the hardest thing and where I relate with you as well is like, it's really hard for me when good people are within a bad movement yeah. and they're making, they're taking actions like you were, they're taking actions because they thought that was the right thing to do Yeah, because you know, again, people will say stuff who from day one are looking for a reason to say something, but when yeah. it's somebody that you grew up with or who taught your Sunday school class or, you know, helped raise you in some sense at a church setting, 
like that's really tricky to navigate. It like, is, especially too. Like I feel like that's something that I struggle with a lot too. Like with my parents, because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people might look at who I am now or with or with Travis's parents or anything like that. And I, I generally like I hope that like people can realize that I don't think I think that they were doing one thousand percent the best that they felt they could do in the situation. Like I think that they did better than their parents did, and that's what I hope to do better than my parents did. And like it goes down and down the line. And I don't think that like. I don't 100% think my mom and dad were bad people by any sense. Like I think that they felt like the church environment they were in was our best chance of being good humans in life. And I think Mm. that we're all good humans in life. I think that they did a good job at that, you know, and that is the hardest part is like, I don't want people to look back and I don't look at any of those people. Like you said, they genuinely are doing it the best that they can in the situation they're given. And like, and that is my responsibility to do the best that I'm in that I can do in the situation that I'm given. And I can see now why I don't think that that's the situation I want to raise my kids in. And I hope that everybody can see that aspect of just because I'm choosing to not raise my kids the way that my parents chose to raise me doesn't mean that like I'm bitter at them and angry at them for the way that they raised me for that. Cause I'm not, I'm generally not at all. I just feel like at the point that I'm at life, I want to raise my kids different because of how I, feel strongly about my moral compass and my moral beliefs but it doesn't mean that I'm angry at my parents for raising me if I had I always tell people this I always caveat if I ever had to be raised in an extreme I am very thankful that I was raised in the extreme that I was I'm glad that I wasn't raised in a drug addict's household that was beating my mom every night and like I'm glad that was not the extreme and had no rules and I could do whatever I wanted to and never was told what to do and they didn't care when I was home like I am glad that I was raised in the extreme that I was like yeah looking back like it was a cult for sure like there's things that are freaking weird when I talk to people and they're like wait you had what rules like you couldn't go to the movie theaters like you wait what or like you had a six inch rule like you no, like you never went on a date with your husband until like you were engaged yeah like those were all like yeah they're they're really freaking weird (laughs) but like still like they still protected me so I still feel like I'm still thankful that if I was going to be raised in an extreme I'm glad that it was the extreme that I was raised in yeah well a lot of people kind of stop there and they go like this isn't hurting me. Yeah. This isn't bad for me, quote unquote, bad for me. Um, You know, and so that's why I think a lot of people don't question ever, you know, like they keep going for you till college. Like that was kind of your. MO. So, so what was it that made you start to question and why was it worth questioning? I think that's the question that a lot of people ask themselves is like, why is it even worth questioning? Yeah. Why ask these things? And I hesitate saying this because I feel like I never, and I've tried to be very vocal. It was Travis. Like it was, and I try to be very vocal with him on how thankful I am that he did question me because I would never want anybody to be in it because I know that there's the people out there and be like, he's the one who like pulled her yeah. in her wayward way. People and, say you know? that about me. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. 1000%. Yeah. But like, I am so genuinely thankful. And that was it. It was, I remember it was a breaking point in my marriage when we were in Fresno and Travis had told me that he was starting to question things and he was, you know, and I remember getting him the case for Christ, you know, all of like the, the series of case for Christ and <laughs> sitting there. But the one thing that I will always give Travis is he, never pushed me one way or the other he always just asked questions and every time I he, I would I would give him you know well well you know because you know the bible is the way or like whatever it is and he, okay but why and I would just I just remember I those those that was just such, such an eye-opening time for me because I remember being so frustrated with the fact that like I was raised 
in this culture of God and the Bible. And there were so many answers that I had zero idea why, because I was so good at following the rules. I was so good at being the good girl. I was so good at all those things that I never knew why I did for myself. I never had to, I never had to answer those questions. And, and he genuinely at that point too, was in the questioning phase for himself. But it was, I just remember being such an eye opening. I was still looking for somebody else to fix the problem for mm-hmm. me. I was buying the case for Christ videos because I didn't have the answers to give my husband of why he needed to believe in God and why God was real. So I was still looking to somebody else to be that belief system of, of you give him all the facts that he needs. Like you need to prove the case for Christ because I can't prove the case for Christ. And then it was just such a like light bulb what everything happened with my dad of like, you still have no idea why you have devoted your life to something other than like, it feels good. And like, at some point you have to like, what happens when you have kids? Are you going to just then? And I have so many friends that happens to like, you know, why do we read the KJV Bible? I don't know. Um, you know, here, brother, how, why do we read the KJV Bible? And it's like, okay, but like, can you for yourself though, explain why you read the KJV Bible? If you can't, then like, what use is this to like, you're like, you're still just having answers from somebody else. And like, at some point it has to be your own validation of why you believe that it it is the way it is, if yeah. that makes sense. There's a lot of people that are very dogmatic about things that they've never studied for themselves. Yeah. Like across the spectrum, politically, yeah. there's atheists that are like this. So I'm, yeah. I'm not saying just Christians or, or yeah. just Baptists. One of the questions that kind of comes to my mind when I hear a story like yours, and I'm sure it's coming up to people's mind, is if you're someone that never asked questions, you find yourself now in this position where your husband's now questioning things. Mm-hmm. You've got kind of a spot that with your personality you're going to lean to which is like oh, do i follow the church or do i follow my husband mm-hmm. following blindly in either direction would not be a healthy thing nope. so you know for those that would say like okay well maybe it was travis that influenced that way like did you do the work to say you know okay what do i actually believe like did you start researching your own or was it something where it was like i can't answer this so this is the next option. Um, there was for sure. So I think very distinctly, um, the year after my dad died, I always say it was like a very pivotal year for me because mm-hmm. I very much feel like, so I went like the phase of Travis was, you know, figuring out what he was figuring out. And then I fought him for it on a while. And then I realized I wasn't going to win that battle. And then I, and then it just like my dad dying, like rocked my entire world. From yeah. The, the mental side. It was. Yeah. yeah. And so I just remember. And then that year after, to be honest, I could care less. I never, I didn't even think about it. I never, and I didn't, I didn't go through the phase of like, I wasn't angry. My dad died. Like I wasn't, I didn't go through that phase like where I was angry with God. Like I knew my dad had his own demons and I knew that in some ways, like I felt a peace that he was at peace. So it wasn't that part of it. I just felt like it was an ache and a pain. I didn't know how to deal with. So I just didn't. So I went through like an entire year of my life where I just didn't care. I didn't want to like, I still went to church, which is funny every single week, but it was so just like surface level. Like I was still going through. Yeah. It was just like going through the motions. I know that was what I was supposed to do. And it felt good. Like I still liked the feeling of like feeling emotional, (laughs) you know, connection to something. And I liked that feeling, but I didn't like, I didn't dive any deeper at Mm. all. And then it was, I remember very distinctly, it was when we moved here to Vegas that I was going to church by myself because Travis wasn't going at that point. We were not at a great point in our marriage. It was kind of after a year of me making some, you know, not great choices for a year of my life of just not caring what was happening in life. I didn't have kids at that point. You know, I was doing whatever I wanted to do. And I was, and then I just remember moving here and I went to Hope Church and I was going by myself. 
I remember being like, I was going to carry that burden too. You know, I was going to be the wife to go to church by herself. And, mm. you know, and I would be the one who like lived the life, you know, for Christ to like turn my husband around. And I just remember so distinctly sitting in a service one time by myself and I was sitting there and I just remember he was preaching from the Old Testament. And I just remember thinking like, it just didn't make any sense to me. Like I just remember the first time I just clicking of just like it at the end of the day, like this is still a book that anybody can interpret anyway. And like, you're still like, taking your Sunday mornings to like do it. And really you're only doing it to feel better about yourself for the rest of the week. You don't know why you're doing it and you're not going for your husband anymore. And you're going for like these weird selfish reasons to like burden the cross to like make your husband better. Like, what are you doing? Like I just remember being so distinguished being like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I don't want to be here. I'm only here because I want to be the better wife to do this. You're ultimately just trying to win an argument. (laughs) Legitimately though. Yeah. And it was just like, I didn't know why he was preaching from the old Testament. Like I felt like we're not under the old law. So like, why am I listening to like this preacher talk about like, he's just like interpreting the story, which is fine. And had good values from it, but he, he was teaching as if like, that was the fact. And I was like, okay, but then like everything else in the old Testament, then we should follow every single law from the old Testament. If you're Mm -hmm. telling me I should follow this law from the old Testament. And then just like the end of the day, like it's still just man taking the Bible and interpreting it however they feel they should. And every preacher could preach. I mean, you could get a hundred preachers with the same exact verse and they could all get a different lesson out of it, which to an extent is good and fine, but like you can't like judge me on it and like choose your life rules from it at that point and expect me just to like be like, okay, because like whatever church I go to at the time, like that's what set of rules I'm going to follow. And I just, I don't know. I just kind of was just like, Yeah. So I don't think I did like a whole lot of research on that since I feel like it took me kind of like, it was just like phases. And then after I stopped going to church, then it was more of just like a personal development stage for me. And it was definitely just like deep diving into like my own now emotional, like ways my mind is so really brainwashed into all of these belief systems that I had that I didn't even know that they were there, but I had felt like then I was going through like depression and emotional issues because I was feeling guilty for things that I didn't know why I was feeling guilty for them. And then it was just like, Oh my gosh. And it was just breaking down like that whole side of it. And like, then like feeling like a piece of crap person 99% of the time, because I was emotionally brainwashed to feel bad about something that it was not even a bad thing to do that it was. It, so then it was just a personal development. I think aspect at that point yeah so it wasn't so much spending a lot of time diving deep into it It it's more like a why this no i think because i never dive deep into the reason which i feel bad even saying but i think because i didn't dive deep into it when i was in it and i just followed it it was pretty easy for me to not dive deep into why i fell out of it yeah yeah no yeah i go i mean i go back and forth because like that's one thing my exit went from a being exactly where that was which is like i I started realizing none of this really makes sense adds up. And then I fell deep into the, I want to study it and read. And I read a ton and to the point now where like, it's almost funny. Like I'll sit and listen to people who are now shouting apologetics. uh, And like, I'm going as someone who no longer believes it going like, that's a horrible argument. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like (laughs) do you need help with your apologetics for this? But it's one of those things though. Like I ultimately kind of came to where you're at though, which is, it wasn't so much of a, I need to study, which is the argument people make is like, you need to understand it more, study it more, get deeper into it, which I think, I think there's value in trying to understand what, what's there. What's the reason it's compelling to people. But on the other hand, like we don't do that with every other belief system. Yes. Like a thousand percent. You don't go, 
I need to study this out to see if I believe it. Like we don't do that with any other system except for the one that we're Which, in. Exactly. And that's exactly why I think I didn't was because once I realized the fact of like, no matter if I'm going to do it for one fairly and like I have to do it to all of them and I was not committed enough to do that so like honestly though yeah. and it was because it was that it was not if, if I'm going to do this for one lift and that is always my argument when I know like I have these friends who genuinely love and care about me and ask me those questions and I'm like okay but like you literally can't unless you're willing to see every single other perspective of anybody else who was raised just the opposite that you were raised in a different part of the world than you were raised then it's literally not fair for you to expect them to drop every belief system they have yeah. and accept the one that you have like at the end and, and that was it at the end of the day i knew that i if i was going to believe something i was just going to have to believe it at the end of the day that is what it is so at the point i'm at now i just don't feel like i want to i choose to believe that it's all the same that there is a higher power i do believe there's a higher power mm -hmm. i don't believe that like an, I, it's way more likely for me to believe in like a higher power than an explosion like that just seems so like crazy to me that it would just like explode into this perfect world that we have so but like, also it's going to because you were told that was crazy oh that's true for, that, that's, so and that's long. fair yeah. as well that is very true that's fair as well so for me i just feel like i'm at the point that i that's why i feel like it's all the same i feel like at the end of the day i know that like no other way of saying it is like humans just suck. Honestly, like we all have our, every human has their selfish agenda in every situation. And like at the end of the day, I think that it all started up here with the higher power and then all humans got a hold of it. And whether you want to, you know, whether there's Tower of Babel or whatever you want to equate it to, then everybody just came out and made their own religions out of it and their own set of rules that they wanted to do at the time. And it's just through history has evolved into what it's evolved in. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, like you might call it Buddha because of where you were raised and I might call it God because of the way that I was raised and he might call it, you know, whatever he's going to call it because of the way he was raised. But at the end of the day, like it's still the higher power, in my opinion, is all the same thing. Humans just took that as they do and history as it does has evolved and changed into a way that it's changed it to. But ultimately, I just think I truly believe it's the same thing. Like the creator of the universe is the creator of the universe and whatever you choose to call it is what you choose to call it. And yeah. there's no right or wrong to that. Right. Yeah. It's, it seems likely that there's a lot of people trying to make sense of why, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um, which might segue into our show, but, uh, but <laughs> that's one of the things right now is like, I'm seeing a lot of people who are asking this question, especially now they're listening to podcasts or they're reading books. They, yeah. you know, or they, or on the flip side of that, like they stopped, you know, with COVID right now, so many people just stopped attending their church and they realized that without it being perpetually told to them, yeah. they don't have anything to hold on to. Like, yeah they literally are outside of the echo chamber and going like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And just feeling more comfortable staying outside of it. So, yeah. and on the flip side, there's some people that are clinging more to us. So there's, there's people trying to figure it out across the board yeah. uh, in some way. So what does that look like now? Um, Cause we're, we're obviously, I think trying to speak to those people, um, oh. you know, on this show, I try to stay away from going too deep, into you know where i'm at and there's some people that are like you know oh you're an atheist you don't believe that there's any purpose to anything or there's you know all yeah. all the different sides of that um but on figuring out i know we want to talk a lot about you know what does it look like trying to determine what brings value to things what's meaning mm -hmm. you know all these sorts of things what does figuring it out mean to you like when you hear that phrase yeah. what what comes to mind 
Oh, so many things. Um, I feel like for me on a very personal level, what's the, what I'm most, and honestly, for me, this is, I've told Travis some multiple times over is like, this is something that I'm incredibly passionate about. Cause it's something that I struggle with on a daily basis. Mm. I feel that post whatever the way you were raised, whether you were raised religious, whether you were raised with absolutely no religion, literally no matter what your childhood looked like, when you get to the age that we are at right now, when you get into your late twenties, early thirties, you're trying to figure life out. And no matter the way that you were raised, you are going to come out of that with some type of mental issues, some type of, you are like, no matter what it is. And it's, it has a parent. It's hard for me to accept the fact that I could sit here, raise my daughter and my son in a way that I think that like, I crushed that. Like I nailed that. Yeah. And they're going to get to our age and have some type of mental issue <laughs> of why. And I know that like I, I am going they're to gonna be like, my well. mom did her best. Yeah. She did her best, but like but man, she did this yeah. and like, I'm mentally like this way because of the way that she dealt with yeah. the situation. And like, and so for me, like the point that I'm at right now is like, I want to like, I feel like the biggest thing I've seen in our generation and in the people, at least from my side of people who were raised religious or not raised religious is like, we get to this point where like, we still want to be morally good people. Mm -hmm. We still want to have a moral compass. We still want to raise good human children. We still want to live a good life. We still want to experience life. Like we still want to be the best version of ourselves, but we have no idea where to start. We don't know. Like if you take the God equation out of your situation or the religion or everything else, like where do you start? Where do you start figuring out life? Where do you start figuring out your moral systems? Where do you start figuring out your life philosophy? Where do you start figuring out parenting? Where do you start figuring out having a good relationship with your spouse? Where do you start figuring out all of those things? They're all things in life. Like we're taught in school, you know, certain sets of rules and standards and we're taught in religion, certain stuff and rules and standards, but then you become an adult and it's just like, good luck, you know? And like most of the people who are in a personal development life, like have that to a certain extent, but like my hope and for this is that this will be a place for people to come out. We're not going to give you the answers. And like, that might be frustrating. We don't have them because we don't have them (laughs) though. And that was something that like me and Travis had, we're very passionate about. Like we've been through, like, I feel like we've only, we just celebrated our anniversary yesterday of eight years. And I feel like even then, like, I feel like we've lived a lot of life in those Mm -hmm. eight years, like a lot, but we still don't have it figured out. And we always were like, you know, well, we'll get to this point, you know, like maybe when we have 10 years, you know, down our belt. And I felt like the older we get and the more life we live, the more we just figured out, like, we're never going to have it figured out. So like, why not take people along this journey of figuring it out to where we're never going to give them the answers, but we can at least create a platform for people to come to, to be like, Hey, like, you know, how, how do you, did you deal with this situation? And this person, you know, you know, wrote this book on parenting. So like, where, like, what can I take from this? And like, I hope this is a platform for people to come to, to just take bits and pieces of information and figure out for yourself. And we're not going to give you answers and we're not going to direct you one certain way. We're just going to give you knowledge and we'll give you information and take it as you will. And, you know, use it how you can. And like, we're going to do the exact same thing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's refreshing to me to talk to people and and it's funny because one of the things like in the business world like you talk to people who are like high performing entrepreneurs and you'll ask questions to like 90% of things and they'll say I don't know you know yeah. <laughs> and you'll you'll ask about like the one thing they're really good at and they'll give you a, a good answer but there's a humility there to say I don't know and it's yep. something that when I would read books from religious authors and again there's you know there's a lot of value in a lot of the books that I read, but there's always that need for certainty of, you know, this is why, this is why every single thing, you know, had this, well, here's why, here's why we do this. Here's why. And there's a lot of comfort. I said in the video, when I talked about leaving Christianity, like 
I feel a lot more at peace being untethered from needing to have an answer to everything. Yeah. And being able to sit and have conversations with people and just take what is valuable, you know, regardless of who they are, you know, because I used to always have that barrier of like, well, of course, they'll say that they're not a Christian or of course, they'll say that they're not a Baptist or of course, they'll say that, you know, that's a woman, you know, (laughs) like that's not a pastor. No, but I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I think about, you know, I think about conversations with my mom, you know, where she was now looking back, she was right. And she was trying to warn me about something in, in our, you know, religious bubble, and, you know, I would, I would automatically side with my dad, you know, because in yeah. the system we're in, that's men how it was. Like yep. the men have the authority. And so, you know, women are emotional and all these, yeah. all these whatever things, but it's, it's just helpful to be able to sit down across from someone and not, you know, not need to have yeah. this binary, like, yes, they're either, are they all right or all wrong? Yeah, no, that's very true. And that's what I hope, my hope is too, is to dive deeper into as well. Like at least for me personally, I feel like they're, I feel like. I've read a lot of books that are on the high level of their more of like the high level looking down view, but I'm looking forward to like tackling some of like the actual specifics too. In the weeds. Yeah. Yeah, Legitimately though. Cause like, honestly, like even like as like a parent, like there's like parenting things that are just hard and there's things that like, I'm trying so hard to work through that or like, uh, (laughs) or relationship things like marriage is hard. And I always feel so bad because I'm like, when people ask me like, you know, about marriage because like on the outside, you know, we have all together. I'm like, I always like, I'm so bluntly honest with people like, Marriage is, is not for the faint at heart. Like parenting, not for the faint at heart. Like, let me tell you, like, yeah. it is like the absolute most rewarding thing I have ever done in my entire life, but hands down the hardest thing I have ever done in my entire life. Yeah. So it's like, I'm looking forward to too, is like selfishly, like deep diving with these people who like have just expertise in one area to where you don't have to go listen to a sex podcast to like, listen to like how yeah. Religion can emotionally like screw you on that sense or like listen to a parenting podcast, which is super hard to find, but listening to a parenting podcast and how you would deal with this exact situation. Like I want to be like the catch all for people that just like want to talk to people who have figured it out to an extent, but I can give you that, I guess just like that, that vulnerable, valuable information without trying to like to give you the answers, but with just telling you like to get life experiences from people who like, Hey, this happened and this is how I dealt with this and this is how it was. And then take it as you will in those situations. Like, I just hope that this can be a catch all for people of every walk of life. Like whether you have kids, whether you don't have kids, like whether you're in a relationship, whether you're not in a relationship, just like finding value at your core finding your moral compass, finding your belief system for yourself and knowing that like, I probably won't find my same belief system that you will. And that's okay. And like, you won't be the same parent that Travis is going to be. And that's okay. And just being able to like accept people at where they're at, but also, also, like you said, respect people and learn from people with where they're at as well, which yeah. is something I'm trying to work on myself. Yeah. Yeah. Meeting people where they're at is, is huge. Like I, I posted today right before recording this, you know, about a guest I have coming on, you know, talking about like LGBT issues, you okay. know, and I, the responses of people, again, don't surprise me, but it's one of those things where like, you know, even she in her book talks about like, not everyone's going to agree with my position. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people that she's friends with who are very, have very quote unquote traditional views and there's yeah. people that, that don't. What scares me though, and it scares me more and more just across the board politically and re- spiritually, religiously, is that people are afraid to sit down with someone who disagrees. Yeah. And like that to me, you know, whether, you know, whoever we're talking, fill in the name there, like that concerns me because there's a lot of people's very valid 
(laughs) very valid opinions, very valid experiences that we discard, you know, wholeheartedly. And I think it's dangerous when we get to a spot, even, even I look at some people listen to this podcast that like, this is the only podcast I listen to. And I'm like, that's probably not healthy. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) I don't have all the answers. Because I don't just listen to myself. I don't just sit in a vacuum, you know, and like, if I'm the only source of information you're getting, it's probably not healthy. And I'm not saying you should go listen to necessarily toxic pastors to get their perspective on this stuff. Um, You know, if you left, you've left, but listen to some Christian perspectives, non-Christian perspective. Like it's important to be able to do that. And I I just see too many people that go from one cultish extreme. This is my bubble to another bubble. Like, there were a lot of atheists cheering when I left that are like, yeah, yeah now you're here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still going to hang out with the really cool Christian professor that I had on my show a few, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, a few exactly, months ago. Yeah. Well, like Travis literally just mentioned the other day, I wanted the post that he said, and I couldn't agree more is that like take truth wherever you find it. And that's what I feel like the biggest problem with this world that we've came from is like you like you said, you, you discredit truth if it's not from the right person. And like, just like, that's what I hope that this will be is that exactly like you said of just like, take truth wherever you find it. Like take the knowledge and the value and like the life lessons that you can learn from whoever it is. Like it almost makes me want to like shield people's names and titles and like have them like not know who it is until like after the fact. And then be like, Hey, what did you learn? Oh yeah. By the way, you wouldn't agree with them on like 99.9% of the things, but you can still take that and like respect them and learn from them because of that. You know, what is truth? (laughs) Oh wow. Okay. Oh, just gotten like way down deep. Uh, No, I'm, 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 my uh, my fundamentalist brain just kicks in going, brain. my apologetic brain goes, what's truth? Oh, what is truth? When you say we're searching for truth, what does truth mean to you? Do you believe it's an objective thing? No, I don't. I think that that is the biggest thing in life that I have learned that is so hard for me to admit because life is so much easier black and white. I wish that truth was black and white and I just don't think it is. I think that... There is a lot of gray and that's literally if I broke it down to what this podcast is supposed to be. That's why our background is gray. Ah, there you go. Very (laughs) on on brand. (laughs) Is that, is that life is not black and white because like you said, what, whether the way that you were raised or the background that you have, like the personality that you have, like the exact situation at the exact time, like the life is so ever changing that I just don't think I don't think that truth is black and white and Mm. like that I hate admitting it because I am such a rule follower still to my core and I am such a person who would love and that's why I don't discredit those people who that is safety is black and white because life in so many ways was so much easier when I viewed life as black and white but I just I don't think it is I don't think that it is black and white I think that there is way too many moving parts to life for it to be black and white I think that it's all gray (laughs) Um, I want to ask you one. Well, I want to ask you two questions. You don't okay. have to answer the first. One. You don't have to answer the first one if you don't want to. But yeah. I am curious. So, so one of the things you talked about was Travis deconstructing. You're kind of, you know, you were pushing back. Mm-hmm. Then it was kind of like you're growing at different rates. Yep. You know, whatever you want to say, growing or changing, evolve, probably evolving is a better word because even growing, it's not like you're, you know. I don't know, but you're evolving <laughs> at different rates. Okay. Um, and so there's a lot of tension when you have disagreements on this stuff. So now you both are way further down this journey. Is there any other, is there any area that you'd say there's a strong disagreement on that we're still, 
we cohabitate in spite of this huge disagreement. It's not religion. Yeah. But is there is or it might be some, hmm. you know, some leftover question. from that background that's still there. Um, I mean, I really would have to think about that. I don't I really don't think so. I think my biggest I think we're both just on this, like so deep on this journey of life that I really don't think I, first of all, my personality is already, I'm just not a very confrontational person already. Like, I think that you know that, like, well, I don't know. You always said you're scared of me. So maybe I am pretty confrontational. You don't want to get on my bad side, but I feel like I am still at my core, a very, like, I would think likable person. So I'm not like, I, there's a very few things that I have to, that I can't, that I, I don't know that I feel that strongly about that I have to fight you that hard on. So I feel like, and I just feel like my shift so much in the last year has turned into trying. You to, don't need him to be like you. No, but so, it, I don't. No. Yeah. Like I just feel like I, like, I feel like I'm so at that point in life where I, I love that. I love the Will Smith quote that says that like you, like I'm happy myself. You are happy yourself. And like we come together and can be happy together. But like my happiness is not dependent on him and his happiness not is not dependent on me. But like we can have that like pure happiness together. And like it's something that I work on daily because same thing. I feed off of people so much. Like that is just so my personality of like you're sad, like I'm sad because I have to figure out why you're sad and have yeah. to like become like help you be happy because you you aren't happy. And like that is my personality, but it's something that I work on so consciously daily because like and that's, that's why I feel like no, there isn't. Because at the same day, time, like at the end of the day, I'm okay with the fact as long as he's not beating my kids, as long as he's not, you know, like, I don't know, doing any extremes. Like, I feel like there are, are obviously things that I would be like, uh, absolutely. But Travis is a good person. So, like, it's not like he's not like he's doing it. That's not what I read. It's not <laughs> like he's doing anything like that. So, no, honestly, like, there really isn't. Like, I would, I'm trying to like think, like, obviously, parenting is super hard to navigate. Like, I think just because, like, it's still we're different well, you're bringing how you were raised There's yeah for sure yeah. like you know issues in that sense and like i'm with them way more about the end of the day like i spend way more time with them so i feel like i know their personalities better in some senses than, than that and like different things like that or you know and honestly in a lot of ways like i because i'm with them all days i don't have patience in things that i know that like i probably should take more time to like do things if i would have sit down with them and he's taught me that a thousand times over of freaking Cameron picking up toys and I'm like he's not old enough to do like this is so annoying but Travis will sit there with him for 30 minutes and then the next day magically Cameron will just pick up the toys when he says to pick up the toys because Travis took the time to sit there with him so I think that like no I think that I just feel like we are very much separate people at this point and I couldn't be happier than that but I feel like if anything I went to the other extreme where I feel like if anything now I struggle with trying to be personality wise of being absolutely independent but also still having a dependency on my husband as well so I feel like that's the only part that I struggle with but I feel like we're at this point in life such separate people that come together at the end of the day that I feel I don't I don't feel like we have anything that we're that extreme on but I feel like also I try not to have cognitive bias on all those things where I try to come into conversations now with literally anybody in life of I try to come into conversations knowing that like I don't have the life experience and the knowledge that they have but yeah, so all that to say, I don't think that they're at, yeah, thankfully at this point, I don't think that, which I don't think either of us just have that strong of a personality to have anything that we very strongly disagree in. Why? Mm-hmm. Do you have things that you very strongly disagree with in Travis? With, with Tara? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not right. I, well, yeah, but, but again, I think it's the same thing as like, I just think we both are like, you're you. Yeah. You know, I think if you would have asked like a year ago, I would have been like, yeah, you know, uh, but I think it was the same thing. I think there was just. I think 
other people were so concerned that she felt she needed to bear, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I, I think where it finally came down to though, is like, I, I'm sure there are, I'm sure there's still things where, on both sides. There's always things where you go like, Oh, I wish you would see this perspective, you know, yeah. like right, not even just speaking religiously, but like parenting or, yeah. or fill in the blank. But at the end of the day too, I think there's a trust there to go. Like when I, when I look at Tara, I can go like, okay, I know she's thought through this. Yeah. So she has a good reason for where she's at. And Mutual I, respect. Yeah. And yeah. that was one of the things like when it came to leaving, you know, Christianity, like, and it's not my place to say where she is on any of that. Um, and honestly, honestly, I don't talk about it very much, uh, yeah. which I think would surprise people. But, you know, when there was that concern, my my response was just, and sometimes not in the nicest way, but my response was like, look at our bookshelves. Like, I've studied this. Like, yeah. I'm not coming to this emotionally. I'm not coming to this because someone hurt my feelings. Like, yeah. I've been through a lot of that. Like, I know what I believe. I know what I believed. Yeah. And I'm very comfortable with where I'm at right now. Yeah. And, you know, I think if you can respect another person's adulthood and, like, yeah. you know, in, intelligence enough to let them come to that position, it's going to mitigate a lot of those fights that kind of pop up. Oh, I agree, you know? yeah. So. That mutual respect is something that can, I, I think people don't realize how much that can eliminate a lot of your fights. Yeah. You can just mutually respect the other person. Like you don't have to have a hierarchy. I have a valid reason. You're yeah, an exactly. Human like being. I married you probably for a reason. Right. Like, let me like step back right. and you well, know, and it's one of those things too, not to sidetrack into a marriage conversation. Um, <laughs> but well, we both our spouses <laughs> are not here to defend themselves. No, but that's one of the things that we, ju- we laugh about a lot though is like, personality wise we're so different you know so we talk like we, when we've all hung out yeah like you and you and me are very similar yep. travis and tara are very similar <laughs> and um and me and tara were joking and she's like you know she's like it's almost like me and travis would crush it and then like you and jackie would crush it you know and like business or whatever in a podcast and i was just like You'd think that, but I was like, if I picture like being married to you, we would. <laughs> you picture that? Yeah, of course. No, like if I, yeah, but, it, but like if you, like if Travis and if Travis and Tara like linked up, you know, don't. No, <laughs> no but if they did, like that's not I. I don't see them working because no, they are so similar. Yep. You know what I mean? And like same with us. Like I could say hanging out and like partying, like that's cool, or like. <laughs> Or like having conversation, like honestly, yeah. we can talk for longer than even me and Travis. Yeah, but there needs to be that push and pull in a relationship mm-hmm. where I think there's a reason, like a me and a Tara got drawn to each other, for sure, and you and a Travis got drawn to each oh, other. I completely because agree. opposites attract. Yeah, because for sure, I think there's one person holding back the slightly crazy yeah. one. There's one person that's saying, "Hey, think about this." There's one person that's more emotional, more logical. Yep. and I don't that can be either side of that. Yeah. But, it, you know, for me, like Tara's the logical for, for all intents and purposes, like what the stereotypical like male figure in the relationship was yeah. like, she's very much like the think this through, don't be emotional, don't be responsive. Yeah. You know, and in yours, like I think Travis is very much like the logical, think it through, you oh, know, for sure. and you know, you're the emotional. And so it's this, sure. you know, <laughs> you're like, no, <laughs> no, no, it's so true though. Cause it, it is true. Like, I don't know. Like I've like, yeah, no, I just no. completely agree. I could, so we could sidetrack a yeah, lot on that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I definitely but agree. We'll talk about it on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but it's, it's really valuable. And I think that, like I said, it mitigates a lot of those things. 
that's again I'll a say, whole what was your question number topic. two? You my had question, a follow-up question. My question number two, and maybe it's connected, is okay. like I look at figuring it out. I look at the things we've talked about talking about. Um, what's the number one topic that you're excited to talk about that you never get to talk like you've never talked about publicly before? <laughs> I mean, well, the only thing that comes to mind is probably sex, just because I feel like it's such taboo in our world and it's something that I guess I'm I'm editing about. all this out. You're passionate <laughs> about. <laughs> but I only said that because Christ. like, it's just still, I feel like for me as a girl, like I feel like it is something that like, uh, right. Like even in like the secular world, like men are allowed to talk about sex and like, and can we then, just say that saying I never feel more Baptist than when I say the secular world. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. Okay, I whatever. never feel. Well, no, it's fine. Else, but I really don't know it's what else fine, to call it because that's what it feels like. I, I literally never feel like whenever I say certain words, I'm like, I feel so Baptist. Yeah, right now. that's fair. I'll be like the secular world yeah. or the world in general. Yeah, that's fair. You know? Okay. Anyway, go whatever ahead. that. I don't. Now you have me all no, paranoid it, about it. That is the right word. It's just. Yes, it's but just it a is word. weird. Okay, yeah. I see. Yeah, but yeah. So like, I just feel like even in that yeah. world, like I just feel like you like it's always such taboo for women. But it's also like I feel like sex is so like catered to uh, like around women as well. So I feel like that's something like especially the way that I was raised. Like it is something that like I've struggled with to my core with trying to find where I fit in this part of life. And I think that sex is a very important part of marriage. And I think that it is a very like integral part of any relationship. Like if you're going to have longevity, like it's obviously is important to like the male species and like all that side of it. And I just feel like to be able to, no, no not it's important for at all. procreation go, only. Mm, oh, procreation only. So like, I just feel like that's something that I just feel like I would, I, I want to dive deeper into that. Like it's something that like I selfishly would like to understand a lot of like the, my, struggles that I have with the way that I view myself, not even like outside of the sexual contents, like my confidence and like the way I look like in my, all of that side of it, I feel like ultimately is boils down to the core belief that I have about myself, about like feeling pretty, feeling like sexually good about myself, feeling any of those things. Like I was always taught that like, that's not important. Like you shouldn't need to wear it's makeup. Shameful, you yeah. Yes. It's shameful. Like feel guilty about like all those things. Like I'm really looking into like diving more, like diving deeper into that part of it. Cause I feel like, especially like in a relationship, like it's that taboo that nobody talks about. It's that part of life that like is, but it touches everybody. So like, I feel like it's just one of those things that like, I don't want to like, it I, certainly I, does. It certainly <laughs> does. Everyone was made somewhere, you know, but like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's that I'm excited about just I'm just I'm excited about just talking about real life things like yeah. I'm just excited about like you might get to know me on a level that like you never thought you're gonna get to know me before but also like I feel like I'm excited about just like not having those guards up of like knowing that like no. we're not perfect like we're just trying to figure it out just like you're trying to figure it out and we're just here to like be it's gonna take a lot it honestly in some ways does scare me we're gonna have to be like super honest and vulnerable and open about a lot of things that like i very much normally wouldn't but i'm looking forward to that in the sense that like i want people to know that we're all figuring it out that nobody has it together like nobody hasn't had a bad sexual experience nobody hasn't had like most of the feelings that you're having about parenting no one hasn't felt like a failure as a parent at some point like you're not alone in any of those situations so i'm just really looking forward to like being honest and vulnerable and like it's gonna take a lot and i know that i'm gonna get a lot of backlash from it but i think that like being able to talk to like we're getting to talk to like these incredible people about them having the same exact issues that we're having trying to figure out and just like humanizing everybody that we're all just in this 
like race together that we're just still all on the same level trying to figure life out. And like, we're here to help you figure it out with like being super honest and vulnerable with you in that situation. Yeah. What well, about you? Oh, no. Well, um, I mean, you're a co-host here. I don't know. I what mean, the different, the difference is like between me and you and Travis, uh, is I've kind of been out there. You yeah, know what I mean? And so like for me, like as far as things that people are going to attack me over, I've kind of, it's there. Like yeah. it's going to be under this video. Like I've got enough, you know, as much as I built an audience, like I've got an audience of people that hate everything I do and are looking for ways to take pot shots. No, I think um, I do like talking about like philosophy and like religion and like yeah. I've, I have studied a lot and I, and I hear conversations where I'd love to be a part of them, but it's not the place for that to be consistently like talked about because yeah. I don't want to distract from victims. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to distract from, you know, people's experiences within the church. So I'm excited to have a place where I can do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm nervous. I'm nervous to some extent to have another place people can come in, <laughs> you know, come with torches you. burning. Um, yeah. But at this point too, like, like you said, I, I, I don't care if they're outside of my group of people that matter to me, you know? And like, that was, yeah. That was one of the things, again, not to sidetrack too much, but like that's one of the things like when leaving Christianity was not because I wasn't coming at it from a place of resentment or even anger, it wasn't hard. It just it just was like, I don't believe this anymore. Yeah. And I want to be open and honest and say that's where I'm at. Um, that wasn't a like what was hard about that was the people who I still believed were really close friends who were you know, Christian and the, and it wasn't every Christian that did this, but there were groups of people that, you know, Oh, we're recovering from this too. Or, Hey, we're, you know, we're part of this movement of helping survivors too. Yeah. And the minute that I came out, there was like this turning back, you know, to like, okay, Eric's outside of our camp, you know, yeah. and that to me felt very emotionally similar to leaving the independent Baptist movement and, you know, those feelings there. So like, you know, like everything, I guess I, it's it's painful to see your friend group whittle down when you say something, but at the end of the day, too, they weren't your friend. Like you're yeah. only postponing the inevitable by yeah. not being who you are. Yeah. You know. And touching on that too, I feel like that is one thing that I feel like I'm personally most of. That is, I feel like I completely agree. The hardest part about leaving religion the way we did is that like the community. I mm. love the community. Like I said, like I had such good memories of growing up because of the community, because of the people. And like, that's what like, I hope that like our Facebook group will become that community for so yeah. many people of just like, that you wanted to share life stages with that like yeah like you know my kid like you know threw an entire temper tantrum in the middle of target right now and like this is hard and this sucks or like you know whatever it is and just like and having like i would love to have like retreats for people like i think that the church has it right in so many of those ways and like building that community the of only difference is you have to fit their guidelines exactly to be in the and this yeah. i don't want to be and i feel like i hate that too i don't want to be like the church for people who hate church like i'm that that's not what this is either like it's just oh. a place to just be real and know that like you have your struggles and i have my struggles and we're all on this journey figuring we're it all out doing together. life together we all though and <laughs> yeah. but like but, but, we it, don't, but, but you don't have to fit those standards it, but you don't it's have to the hit verbiage those rules. It, yes. it, it's almost like the fr like it's almost bringing to life what I think so many church communities are promising, yeah. which is we're doing life together. We're all broken people. We're all doing this. And to the point, like when we hear, Oh, we're all doing life together. We're broken. Like it's like right now, like it's a puke, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah, we are, but I'm not doing it your way. So I'm out, yep. you know? And it's like, man, I would love, and I don't even know if it's possible, you know, I hope but, it is. but I would love for more people to be able to do what like the three of us 
do, you yeah. know, Travis in the next room feeling ill. Uh, but, <laughs> but like, I'd love for it to be like when we sit down and talk and like we all knowingly disagree about so many things, yeah. but we can still be friends yes. and like have respect for each other, yeah. you know, beyond that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, and just for people to get an idea and you can obviously go to the link in the show notes, join the Facebook group so you can uh, be part of the launch team when it goes out. Uh, but just give people an idea of the guests that we're having on. I mean, we've we got incredible Shaquille O'Neal, yeah. which yeah. is pretty legit. He yeah. uh, has compliments for you, uh, which is pretty <laughs> amazing. Um, Shaq called Jackie hot, which is pretty sweet. Um, I mean, more than once. I'd like to point twice, out, you know, just twice, just saying, yeah, twice. three times, maybe. Uh, we'll put, we'll put the clip. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got Rob Deerdeck uh, yeah. from Ridiculousness. Uh, yeah. We've got... Uh, who else do we have? <laughs> Elena Cardone. Elena Cardone, Chris Van Fleet, yes, uh, which is pretty one. cool. Uh, Eric from the Preacher Boys podcast. Um, and <laughs> Jackie from, I don't know. Figuring it here? out, dropping yes. soon. Um, yeah. We've got a uh, we've got a Hollywood screenwriter. We've got yeah. uh, a lot of CEOs lined up, a lot of thought leaders. Uh, there, there's a ton of really cool people. So head to the link in the show notes, join the Facebook group. That's where all the information is going to drop. Uh, and for those of you who are not I mean, if, if you're not interested in the show, you probably have tuned out at some point throughout this episode. Um, and I understand, like, this isn't for everybody. There's some people that are completely happy within the environment that they're in right now. They don't want to go through this, everything we've talked about, this crusade of trying to figure out what is true. If you feel like you're already got it figured out, great. Uh, if you're somebody who's still listening, if you're somebody who is interested to know, you know, what happens now, you know, you watch a video like me talking about where I'm at. If you're relating to that journey at all, if you relate to anything we talked about on the show, just check it out. Um, see if it's a good fit. And again, not promising answers, uh, just good discussions as we try to kind of figure it out. <laughs> so, uh, Jackie, thanks for uh, doing this, and uh, we're going to be doing this a lot more. So, yeah. here we go. More comfortable with this, you know. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show please leave a review on iTunes. And don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at PreacherBoysDoc. Additional information can always be found on PreacherBoysDoc.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.